Actually, we probably ought to talk about spoiler policy again, because since we last recorded, Paul, you got in trouble. I did get in trouble. You did. Would you like me to confess? (laughs) Yes. You posted a funny joke about someone's name. I did post a funny joke about the film, and I tagged Dan and Nathan and my little sister, who has just watched the series, but has not watched the film. And I may have given away one of the big sort of plot twists of the film. Dun, dun, dun. For which I am eternally sorry. If you can find it in your heart to forgive me, can we continue with the podcast? (laughs) Cue the theme song. Welcome to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. So this week's drinks of choice, I'm on water, Dan's on squash. Nathan is on the hard liquor. I'm on the uh, labelled in a language I don't speak liquor that has been carried around in a box since at least Wales, which was the house I had before last. <laughs> I like the fact that Wales is now an era. Well, this is what happens when you move house every two or three years. You just say, oh yeah, back in Wales, meaning 2006 to 2009. Well, that was kind of like when me and you spent about four years chasing each other around the country. Yeah, like an extremely slow speed pursuit. <laughs> So we've you've seen up to this episode, um, our Mrs. Reynolds, and we've all seen the film and keep forgetting that other people haven't. That's our spoiler yes. policy. We're going to talk about. Yeah, that. in in the the vein of the, the spirit of this podcast, we will try and just keep it to the episodes we've watched up to, and no further, including the film at the end. This is assuming that Paul's had the discipline to not watch loads of other episodes in between it. Podcasts. No, I have not. The last episode I've watched is still our Mrs. Reynolds and Nathan. I think you're going to uh, lead with a quick summary. All right, quick summary. You said. Yeah, I said summary, not <laughs> a uh, not a transcript. Okay, come in on the end of a previous adventure. The heroes have saved the village. There's a big party. Um, they leave. Oops, there's a stowaway on board. Oops, even more. It turns out Mal accidentally married her last night. Oops, a third time. That's not true. She's actually a con artist and stealing Serenity. Yeah, there you go. That's that, that is about the long and short of it. Yeah, that, that'll do. This is also one of my uh, my favourite episodes. I I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than I remembered. I actually put off watching the, it. The saffron it. character is brilliant. So even before the episode gets going, my, one of my favourite little bits is the end of the little uh, the summary on the Netflix version. Obviously, not on the DVD version we talked about before. Is the little uh, find a crew, get a job, keep flying. I quite like that, although it doesn't really... There's no end to that. It's the means, but no end. I'm I'm sure that they had this on the DVDs. I don't know if it was maybe an extra. I don't remember it on my version, but then I've been watching them on Netflix lately because putting a DVD in seems like too much work these days. <laughs> oh, this uh, the opening to this one is... Yeah, it's brilliant. fantastic. The previously mentioned hero saving the village by means of cross-dressing. <laughs> well, I, put, I swear by my pretty floral bonnet I will end you 
You're getting a little bit ahead of it there. I'm quite, I just like the whole uh, Oregon Trail feel to it. Wild West cowboy bandits with a little uh, little horse-drawn carriage through the river. Yeah, they are fording the river. I quite like the bit of uh, the interplay banter between Mal and uh, Jane, as if the bandits aren't even there. Yeah. <laughs> I married me a powerful, ugly creature. How can you shame me in front of new people? <laughs> now, we need, to be care- we need to be careful here. There are a hell of a lot of one-liners in this episode, and we'll have to try yes. and make sure the podcast just isn't us repeating them as they come up on uh, second the, screens. It is a fantastic one-liner episode. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, we will see. Not to put a downer on this, we are shortly about to see four people meet their violent deaths. Yeah, but they're all baddies. They are all baddies. Yeah, they're bad Granted. guys. It's fine. But these these are definitive bad guys. And pardon you, Dan. Yeah, I was gonna say, what have you been eating? But it's a <sighs> I... it's a little bit like uh, in True Lies when uh, Arnie's been given the truth serum and his missus has just found out he's a secret agent is asking him, "Have you killed people?" Yeah, but they're all bad. <laughs> That's it. It's just what we want. Now, I loved this episode for Anara. This is my f- probably one of my favourite Anara episodes. Yeah, definitely this is... She's the character who goes up in on the personal stock market of Nathan's approval. Anara goes up a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah, she does. Mm. But it's also a, like, a Mal is not a douchebag episode. <laughs> Despite everyone thinking that Mal he is, is a nice for guy. a bit, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I like how drunk Jane is at this party. So they're at a party. They've saved the village and the the town's thrown them a big party and Jane is so off his face, he is taking a stick filled with rice that sounds like the rain from, like, the town mayor. And he's just like, this is you, friend. You're the guy. I did write in my notes, Jane wasted Mal not far behind. Yeah. yeah, it turns out I can tolerate Jane when he's super baked. This is about the only time I can tolerate him in this episode. On the personal stock market of Nathan's approval, Jane, who was already very much leading the or trailing the pack, has gone down even further. Really? I've, I've demoted him from partially trained bear to horrible monster. Was it was it Vera? Was it the Vera bit that, that demoted him for you? Know what? He asked. He was going to trade. He wasn't going to take. <laughs> yes. the, the Vera bit... The fact that he's got a gun that he calls Vera and uh, has a curious relationship with actually um, was one of his few saving graces. Also, interesting fact, because I was reading the uh, script transcripts for one of the earlier episodes because I was out walking at the time and didn't have, you know, bad 3G, I thought, I'll just read the script. Vera is a scripted character in that. Vera, yeah, she's a fully-fledged member of the crew by the end of it. They're just a... Got on my screen, they're just getting ready to leave, and they're being yeah, saying, "Oh, we yeah. can't. We've got lots of gifts because we haven't got any money. So that's fine." If you look at the bottom of the ship, there's a lot of convenient scrub and bushes, kind of the gap between the ship and the ground. So it looks like they're in a bit of a, a, a semi-arid area. And then when the ship takes off in a second, it's like barren, featureless desert. Yeah. Also, all the people get out of shot real quick. I guess that could be a time jump there, but yeah, as you say, the people I can live with, but the fact that there's no bushes around. Mm. A little bit, a little bit odd. Yeah, it's, but back when they were at the party, I, I thought it was uh, it was nice to see the shepherd burying the, the four guys that they just murdered. <laughs> I couldn't, you couldn't put it out a better way. Yeah. It is kind of unusual to have a um, 
religious character who does actually appear to be religious and does religious things. Generally, priests just kind of are either timid or secret weirdos in fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've just met um, the lovely Saffron. Played by Christina Hendricks in one of her early roles. She has subsequently made a big name. Was it? I I hadn't... I hadn't... um... Looked up who it was. She's subsequently been in a lot of episodes of Mad Men, which I have not seen. Yeah. Um, but she's been nominated for a lot of stuff in that. And I think at the time she'd been in one or two other things. I think she was like a recurring you know, professional TV actor. Um, but not someone who was necessarily more famous than um, Gina Torres, for example. I, I don't know. I, I thought, I mean, not maybe not from seeing her in stuff, but no. Lots of people know of Christina Hendricks, probably more for her figure than anything else. <laughs> I never watched Mad Men, but I knew about her from Mad Men and that I needed to watch it just for her in dresses. I thought that was quite a good uh, bomb to drop in the way it cuts then to the uh, the credit scene. It's just Mal's face, yes. which is, uh, I'm your well, wife. Uh... This whole scene and how dumbstruck and just completely off kilter Matt that Mal is, is absolutely fantastic well nothing else that's happened so far in the series has uh, shaken him and this really has <laughs> all I got was that dumbass stick <laughs> yeah nice one Jane we like this episode so much we're just watching the episode yeah, we now. are I mean, he asked Zoe to go and uh Call washed out. <laughs> so he just I calls everyone. What, I, yeah, no, what? <laughs> he calls everyone. Yeah, Jane getting a bit handsy, as I wrote down here. I will see. Interesting, because on that point, I wrote down horrible monster. <laughs> That's the point at which he ceases to be a human being in my eyes. Ah, that was just a little. It was just a, a little violation, outrageous flirting. I had mm. Jane, Jane oh. handsy, Kaylee happy, Zoe amused, and Inara quite pissed off. Yeah, Anara's face was picture perfect. My question for you is, um, at what point does Zoe realise she made a terrible mistake inviting everyone down here? I think still finding it funny that at this stage. Yeah, I don't... Uh, maybe once she runs off and Mal runs after her. Yeah, I think that's, that's... it. I think that's the, the point at which she realises maybe this isn't as hilarious as I thought it was, which is subsequently backed up by her argument with uh, Wash in the cockpit. Yeah, she... she... Wash has a hard time of it in this episode. Zoe really puts him through the ringer. But it's also the first episode that we really see much of Wash. Yeah, that's true. It is the chance for Wash to show his quality. It is just... Again, it's it's an absolutely fantastic character. Hey, I wanted to interrupt you a second ago. We've already established this person, Saffron, is not who she claims to be. Yeah. Something I would point out is that we've had both of the scenes in which River is visible... In both of which she says nothing, does nothing. Oh, actually, we've just gone back to the same scene, same shot that she was in just now. She's gone now. She's not in this episode. <laughs> I hadn't actually noticed that. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, I didn't notice the last couple of times. I was busy that day when they were filming. Well, I don't know. It's either yeah. that or they were in the script writing room and someone said, uh, what does the psychic character think about this flagrantly lying interloper? And someone else said, how about she's not in this episode? <laughs> Which would add credence to the fact that she is psychic. She it, would, it, would, it would lend credence to the writers thinking she's psychic. <laughs> Within the internal fiction of the universe, I think it is a strong suggestion for either she's not psychic or she was really busy. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe she was just having a really bad day. I mean, you don't see much of Simon either. No. Or, um, apart from Shepard's interactions with Mal, you don't really see him either. It is a very crew-heavy episode. Yeah, I guess it's quite a complicated uh, episode because it brings up these tangled thickets of cultural relativism and informed consent, which are all the things like those awkward conversations were all I could remember, which is why I put off watching this episode for quite a long time. Um, but with those complicated things, you don't need River being cryptic and possibly psychic in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty girl gave me a hat made from a tree. <laughs> I didn't sign up until death to his part, whatever his line was. And he says, are you going to kill me? He's like, what? No, that's a dumb planet. So interestingly, Mal clearly doesn't know for sure whether or not that is how things work on Triumph. I am curious to know what you guys think. Is her story based in what actually they do there, or is it just meant to be plausible enough? And she's banking on the fact that I, they I don't think know. It's... Yeah, I think that she's banking on the fact that they don't know. Because either that's the way it works, which is kind of terrible and um, an indictment of the planet, as Mal says, or at the very least it's got to be plausible enough that Wikipedia didn't immediately tell them it was wrong. Well, to be fair, you know, we've already established that Persephone is a bit of a shithole from its weird sort of things, and that's one of the more advanced planets. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me from somewhere like that. Wait, they tried to burn River and Simon at a stake on one planet for being witches. Like for being a witch, but now so some of these places are kind of backwards. You know what this makes me think? The, what these border planets need is some government control. <laughs> 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 I think one of my favourite quotes from this bit was: uh, "Someone ever tries to kill you, you kill them right back." Words to live by. Yeah, that does. I didn't realise it was her. That's she plays innocent really well. Oh, the Shepherd's conversation with Mal's coming up. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's another classic of the message boards for decades subsequent. <laughs> the special place in hell. Does he say a special place in hell, or is it a specific special hell? Yeah, you're, you're going to burn you in take, a very special level of hell. You're going to burn a very special level of hell, yeah. A level they reserve for child molesters <laughs> and people, and people who talk who at the theatre. I thought that those two things are on a par for Shepard. Well, it is to try and keep the tone a bit lighter. Preacher, you got a smutty mind. But then when he says, I've got a couple of room in the passenger door, he's uh, you know, he's obviously trying to actually pull his weight with the crew. He's not just trying yeah. to freeload. Yeah, that was a question I had in one of the earlier episodes, is what is he actually doing at this point? Is he still paying a set, uh, passenger's fare, which I think is implied at some point? I mean, and that would fit with... Shepard is mysterious and has infinite funds or do they just not feel right about bringing up the fact that he hasn't paid and he needs to get off the fact that they nearly got him killed yes. a couple of weeks back <laughs> <laughs> they're like we'll let it slide for a bit mm. I, I can see him helping out I can, I would imagine that he probably does a lot in the galley that's true, that's established in the those, pi- those pilots bits. isn't it in the pilot episode, it's established that he's at the very least bringing with him fresh ingredients and spices, so that kind of suggests he's good in the kitchen. Yeah, they, they, they may have run out at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm saying that's but, indicative of a uh, culinary and, way. Um, now, him, um, Simon and Jane were all playing cards and using chores as uh, for, True. for currency. 
I think it's the sort of ship that you know, if you're going to go as a, a true passenger, you'd have to pay quite a lot more than if you go, you know, not quite as hired help, but you know, pulling your way. Mm. Well, we've been talking. The scene is happening where um, they're in the in the kit, well, dining room, kitchen. I don't know what you call it, galley. Um, Saffron having cooked dumpl- Chinese dumplings for Mal. Something I noticed on watching it the second being very time. Jealous. Well, something I noticed on watching it the second time is that um, Saffron, air quotes, is doing a really good job of kneeling people on their insecurities. Specifically, Zoe and Wash's relationship. She says, everything's laid out if you want to cook for your husband, clearly having recognised that that is not what their marriage is is like. (laughs) Zoe and Wash are an interesting dynamic. We hit the, uh, the Mal and the Nara scene. Yeah. Mal's obviously looking for someone to understand and not judge him, which I guess he feels that Anara won't, given her profession. But given Anara's um, feelings for him, she's already yeah, pissed he's off. Just, he's just completely blindsided by this, this attack from Anara. The, yeah. the verbal abuse that he gets. I think there's there's points in this conversation where the whole episode could have gone very differently all of a sudden. Um, for example, Mal, at one point, picks up on an obviously sarcastic comment from Inara and just takes it as if it were literal, when he clearly knows it wasn't. I wonder how the episode would have gone if he'd said, yeah, this situation's fucked, isn't it? <laughs> so I I think he was getting to that, but she wasn't in the mood to play. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, playing's a theme in this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, their relationship, it's very childlike at times, and they'll play backwards and forwards with sarcasm, and Anara's just in no mood for it at all. Oh, no, I love this scene. (laughs) Jane and Vera. (laughs) It's just holding the gun, not towards him, but up, and does cock the weapon, (laughs) which is loaded. It makes a very sci-fi sound as well. This was actually another point on my Jane is a horrible monster list. Because this scene only... It's a dramatic reveal where Jane appears wide-eyed, stony-faced with Vera. Eventually, oh, the comic relief is he's offering a trade for a human being. Isn't that wacky? Um, But, (laughs) bullet point, this only works if it's at least somewhat plausible that Jane might just murder his crewmates and take their women. Uh. <laughs> well, my favourite bit from this is Mal's quota of my days of not taking you seriously are definitely coming to a middle. <laughs> and that's brilliant. Oh my God. It's just when Mal goes, You're offering me a trade, he goes, A trade? This is damn near theft. Now, Mal does his, his white knight bit fantastically in defending Saffron. Well, again, I think that's what she's um, identified as his weakness. Yeah. Although I do think later in the episode we will see that um, she's getting impatient with the timeline. <laughs> Time to bring, bring out the bit. big guns, as it were. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> Get them badonkadonks. This bit with Saffron down in the hold where Mal does just open up. Even he admits it's, it's an extremely rare thing for him to just open up about his past and it is the first time we've ever heard him talk about anything before other than seeing him 
at the Battle of Serenity. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not even um, previous things we've seen are him talking about them. It's either in flashback, so he doesn't actually share it, or it's people like the Alliance officer, when they're being interrogated, who presents facts to him and he just kind of confirms or acknowledges them. So this is literally the first time he has volunteered information about anything that happened before episode one. But it does... uh... It gives a little window into maybe why he's so protective of the ladies in his life, being that it was him and his mum and like forty hands on the on the ranch. But no, if it was just him and his mum, he would have probably on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. He would probably have been quite protective of her. I'm not sure if he is necessarily protective of the ladies more than anyone else, because um, he does go to extreme lengths for Simon, despite, as we've established, not being that much of a fan of him. And for that matter, we've seen him do a pretty uh, extreme personal sacrifice to help Shepard out. Yeah. Granted, he wouldn't be a very sympathetic character if he'd said, well, I guess he's have to pull through on his own. Well... He's got a penis, and he's got a penis. So fuck him. You haven't got a penis, so I'm going to help you. <laughs> I like the absence of your penis. So they put this on at the moment, with obviously some guys running a little space station with a, a camera, seeing, uh, seeing Serenity. God damn, it's a good job. It's a good job that Kaylee can't hear them, because she would kick the shit out of them. <laughs> yes, Bad mouth in the shit. Yeah, this is a throw forward to the threat at the end of the episode where we discover that Saffron is stealing the ship and taking it to this place, the Breaker's Yard, effectively. Yeah. Another thing that, incidentally, some Alliance <clears throat> uh, military presence would fix right up. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it flicks back to uh, Zoe and Wash chatting on the yeah. uh, on the flight deck. And they're discussing pretty much what we were a minute ago about weird things on planets. Cultural differences. Yeah. Zoe obviously comes in, comes onto the bridge pissed. And Wash is going to get it. No, that's... He was going to fall into this argument no matter what. I think it's... Well, my theory, bearing in mind that I now have a crush on Wash as well, so I'm on his side. Although, I did say Zoe also goes up a lot in my opinion. Um, that's because I think she is now regretting having kind of instigated the everyone versus Saffron is a curiosity atmosphere. And Wash is just still playing along with that script quite happily. Oh, sorry, I've just been distracted. I did like his... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By Badonkadonks. Uh, before we get to Badonkadonks, um, I'd love Wash's little anecdote about the, the little planet he was on where they juggled... Geese juggled baby geese, as a yeah, juggling goslings. <laughs> juggling goslings. <laughs> just that image is is brilliant. Now I did write a couple of things down about this. Uh, about oh, this whole scene. I wonder. <laughs> no, over oh, uh, space bible again. Oh yeah, future space, space bible. bible. Yeah, yeah, future space bible. That is not real space. Real, real space bible. It's not present day space bible. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a book in the bible which is mostly about quotes doing it. I refer, of course, to the Song of Solomon. Not widely known now, because most of its phrases are Old Testament and no longer considered that sexy. <laughs> Although it does get some use in uh, wedding veils and such. Here we go. The wife shall open to the man as the furrow to the plough. And he shall work in her again and again. <laughs> Till she bring him to his fall. I don't know who wrote this. <laughs> Rest him then upon the it's, sweat of her breast. 
plausible. Now, More. without based as we've already Comparable. restated our spoiler policy, Mal's kind of response to this, you know, it's been a long damn while since anybody but me took hold of my plow. <laughs> now there's a massive throw forward to that kind of thing being reused yeah. in the film that I'm not allowed longer allowed to talk about, but that was the first thing that came into yeah. my head with that. And it, it, yeah, I didn't think of that when I was watching it, but as soon as you started to mention it, I knew exactly that the, the part that you were you're referring to it's fantastic but this is Mel being very very sweet and very gentlemanly and then gets a bit paranoid about having a blubbery backside <laughs> you can just see him trying so so hard to be the gentleman yeah and no matter how hard he tries <laughs> she tries something else it's almost like she's got some sort of ulterior motive yeah that's which is easy to say from the outside. <laughs> yeah, so for Paul, you saw this the first time fairly recently. Dan, I don't know if you can remember seeing it the first time. Did you see this coming, the heel turn? Um, uh, I didn't. I was a bit suspicious, but I wasn't quite. I wasn't expecting that, no. Yeah, it was um, definitely a bit of a uh, surprise. Because they, they obviously set up this station... That you're like, okay, so something's going to go down with this station. You don't know how she's involved, and you're just not. Throughout this entire scene, you're not really expecting the twist. Just the the wordage in this bit. Yeah, I swell to think of you in me, and I see that you do too. So you can see, she's ramped it up a notch in the uh, the evocative language. It has turned up to eleven here, isn't it? <laughs> Punching him right in the libido. Actually, I, I, in general, in the series, I like the level of sexuality that the characters have. So I like that the married couple do have an active sex life. I like that we hear that people are sexually frustrated. Even so, I find that swelling phrase gross. Yes. <laughs> that is a bit too much. It's cringeworthy. And then immediately change in personality and cut to ad break as well. That, that, that is a good ad break. Yeah, several people have to do, uh, actors have to do dead drops in this episode, which is not easy to do, to try and uh, fall like a tree from standing and yeah. not throw out your arms. To they do cut away before you see them hit the ground in general, because it is super hard to do, especially without then smashing up your face. <laughs> I liked Mal's um, closing line before she kisses him, and it's just that, oh, I'm going to that special hell. Yes. Uh, at that point, he's given in. Now, he's going to let this woman do whatever she wants to him. Ah, oh, see, I disagree, because I, the line after that is, I wish it were that simple, but... So, I think he just considers himself already morally compromised by how much has happened. But he's going to make one more go of it, assuming that he doesn't, you know, land on his face on the <laughs> ground, totally drugged up to the eyeballs in about five seconds' time. Back from the ad break, and she's dressed once more, She's made her way to the bridge and Wash is on duty because Wash never seems to sleep. <laughs> well, I think he might be sleeping were he not sleeping on the couch, as it were, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so, a good point. In fact, I think that was probably Saffron's plan was just to uh, arrive on bridge, engage plan Alpha. But instead, it's like, oh, damn, I've got to do another seduction now. I did the replication of what she talks about the Earth that was myth and... Um, makes it extremely sexual and Wash's um, response mirroring mouths of just whoa 
good myth, but nah, he does incredibly well to to resist the charms. And well, she's just trying the same technique she tried on Mal, but well, she's married, and she's not. Yeah, you know, she's not. Her appeal is not strong enough to break his. Yeah. Uh, bond. Yeah, this is why this is why I think she didn't originally plan for this. It was just going to be go to the bridge. Probably no one's there. Yeah, because she had not laid any groundwork with um, Wash Island. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. And then of course there is seduction number three, which is an extremely long shot. <laughs> so it would seem, although maybe not that long a shot after all. It was almost um, almost which, a nerd's dream, and it was just dashed at the last second. It was a. a, a that that eye roll when the watch starts to talk about the first time him and Zoe met before he gets kicked <laughs> in the head. <laughs> head oh past yeah. the door. Although falls down in a, such a way that you can't see his face, which I suspect is because it's uh, the same stocky dude who was falling over in previous episodes when it was other characters. <laughs> this is the part where you instantly see that no, she really isn't what she appears to be. Oh yeah, Saffron does not type like someone who's um, been um, doing needlework for the last 16 years. Lived in a maiden house. Yeah. Now, as we'll find out in a minute, she's obviously messed the ship up quite a lot. She doesn't pull many wires out to really mess the ship up. No. I'm guessing we're... uh... Well, she does some typing. Maybe that's effectively format C slash slash. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that Serenity runs on DOS. Why wouldn't it? Well, it is a bit like the uh, the Xbox adverts, as you mentioned earlier, possibly off podcast, uh, where the, it goes uh, Xbox off, and everybody's Xboxes turns themselves off, and the telly as well. So here we have Nerd Heaven potentially tantalisingly close. I, I see now. I cannot remember if we've established whether or not Anara takes female clients. See, yeah, I thought we had, but then I couldn't remember where it had actually been. I know. I don't think we did whether she had them, but I'm pretty sure when she was canvassing, when they went back to Persephone, that some of them were female. Oh, okay, so that was kind of a did-you-notice type situation. It's It features explicitly in a later episode. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, whether or not it's, it's yeah, brought so up later. It certainly hasn't been explicitly in it yet. I, I seem to remember a conversation where it's brought up. but I'd like to say that was quite well dodged when uh, Inara ducks the roundhouse kick, but it's quite slightly forced choreography, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know that Anara has had formal training in self-defense and combat arts. No? Do we? In the Shindig. Yeah, in the Shindig. She, oh, yeah, she's a sword. Um, yeah. She's trying with the sword. Yeah. She's trying to train Mao. Yeah. That's true. And Mao insults her. But, but yeah, the compliments that they pass back and forth before they, they swing and the kick were quite good. They're both admiring each other's skills. Oh yeah, we should have said that the way, as you remember, dear listener, because you've watched this episode already, uh, the way that Mal is drugged is by um, having a the goodnight kiss, the narcotic compound on the lips, on a wax seal. So Inara runs in to find the apparently lifeless Mal, discovers he's alive, kisses him in relief, and then promptly falls over herself calling him a stupid son of a bitch in the process because she knows exactly what's going on. And then Mal wakes all groggy. Yeah, and we... And Anara's just sprawled on his bed, very um, un-Anara-like and groggy. Yeah, and exactly. Looking very this sheepish. Is, yeah. The first time we have ever seen Anara knock totally in control, in poise, 
which is, this is also the point at which I started liking her a lot more. Because that whole last scene was basically from her point of view, but this is um, the point at which she's more human because she's made a mistake and is embarrassed by it. Yeah. Yeah. See, Shepard's Shepherd's bit condemning of him having <laughs> kissed her. <laughs> I was like, I was the one being taken advantage of. That was special. Well, I, yeah, I think because it, clearly Shepard knows that she was not who she claimed to be. So I think he's mostly joking there. Yeah. Well, I like the bit where he goes, you were victimised, Walsh was kicked, and Inara fell. Yeah, I just fell and landed here. <laughs> yeah, of course you did, darling. Uh, it's just like that. I've, I've not drunk, honestly. I've not, I've not drunk. Yeah, clearly it has him impaired her, her concealing the truth centres as well as her walking centres. When uh, Simon goes to help, he said, "No, no, well, I don't need true, and I'm, I'm comfy." <laughs> oh, there's River there's again. River again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, that's it. That's it. Her done. She is in the background of that shot, and um, while they're all at the stairs, she is in the doorway behind, moving. Whether or not that's her or an extra, no. But River is there, and she's on the bridge, not saying anything. She was in the she was in the background as well. So she is in the episode. She's in the episode. Yeah. And she just she just has nothing to contribute. Which just adds more credence to the fact that they're just trying not to use any of her latent potential psychic abilities because it would ruin the story. <laughs> if this girl turned up on the ship and River just went, no, she's just going to try and trick you all and take There's over. There's ways ship. to do it because they've previously had her say things that turned out to be true later in the episode but were misunderstood at the time, and people don't remember them later. So they could have done that, but it just would have made it very murky. And I think early on where you're yeah. meant to feel sympathy for Saffron because she's um, naive and brainwashed, basically, yeah. it would have made River seem a bit weird if she'd said she's tricksy and false. Precious. It is a very mouse-centric episode. Now, she could have been saying things to Simon, and Simon could have just been completely dismissing them. You know the, the the things that are going on around the rest of the ship, and you know, Simon probably had no more um, mistrust of Saffron than the rest of the crew. But so to catch up, Saffron screwed over the computer, pulled a load of wires out, and rerouted some more. Welded the doors shut, dodged the Nara, stole the other shuttle, and she's gone. Nasserenity is locked onto a course. They don't know where they're going. They can't turn around. And Kaylee and Wash are impressed at how much damage she'd managed to do in so such little time. This is actually something that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, which is if everyone's perfect at their jobs, you never get a sense of things being difficult. So I like that in this episode, Kaylee and Wash are presented with a task they can't do. Basically, they've got they've, they've got to go, Mister Scott. We are humped. Can you get it fixed? Yeah, but it's going to take time. It's going to take, a, a, proper take a month, but I'll do it for you in an hour. It'll take us exactly as long as it needs to to get <laughs> well, some yeah, of this Well, yeah, that's the real working. reason it happens, but still. What's the real speed of a warp drive? The speed of plot. As fast as... Uh, yeah, <laughs> as quick as we need to get to the planet. The speed of plot. I like it, Nathan. So, but approaching the space station, I've just realise what it is and we haven't that other exchange with another exchange with Shepard as he explains exactly what's going to happen 
and Jane wants to know how a shepherd knows so much about crime. Yeah, which featured in a previous episode. It featured on previously in on Firefly. Where's Jane making yeah. that question? Because it's the whole theme of Shepard's character in series one. You're still holding out for series two, Nathan. No, I'm not. <laughs> this is a big diversion. No, I don't. Think I was going to say considering there'll never be a season two, and then spoiling lots of things. But they they did build up a lot of um, plot hooks. So they've gone to try and take out the uh, the net. Now, what I haven't been able to work out in this bit is why does Vera need to be in oxygen to fire? I don't know enough about guns to know if that's something that could be true. All of the chemicals required to fire a bullet are inside the casing. Yeah, but the casing isn't airtight, is it? Well, it doesn't need to be airtight. The whole idea is you put a load of explosives in a small canister with something with some oxygen-bearing compounds, you start the explosion and off it goes. It doesn't use oxygen from the air. Yeah, but maybe Vera's ammunition doesn't have oxygen-filled It would have to. Munitions. It wouldn't be able to uh, explode properly because it would only burn from the outside in and it wouldn't go fast enough to produce enough gas to propel the bullet. But hey, let's not get physics in the, let <laughs> physics get in the way of plotline. Also, how did they get a seal around Jane's hand? And how did he fire the third and fourth and fifth bullets that punctured the window? Because as soon as he fired the first one, there'd be no air left in the suit either. Oh, you mean when he broke the window and murdered two people for, at best, extrajudicial <laughs> execution? Hey, wait, he was just living up to what Mal told Saffron. If someone tries to kill you, you kill them first. Yeah, but he also did what Mal explicitly told him not to do. Murder some people for revenge slash fun. He said, he told him, do not shoot the window out. What did he do? Shot the window yeah, out. Yeah, no, he, he, he told him not to shoot the window, but to shoot the coupling and to shoot the breaker so that it would disable the net. He didn't want Jane just wasting what could have been their one and only shot to punch at a window. So he's saved the ship. He's got a bit of time. He can do what he wanted to do in the first place and kill the people that wanted to kill him. I'm still awarding him horrible monster points. That's definite horrible <laughs> monster points there. No, I, I think Jane was uh, in the right there. And uh, in... In this scene, uh, obviously Serenity's been saved and they've managed to catch up with the shuttle and find Saffron. And I would just like to applaud the uh, the cameraman for his work on the uh, the head down shots. I was very appreciative of his, uh, his contributions there. You're a dirty old man, Dan. You're such a hussy. <laughs> yes, yes I am. <laughs> I'm a tart. And Saffron's trying to uh, seduce him again. I do like that um, they actually brought up my big question mark that I wrote down about this episode, which is, isn't this a lot of effort to go to? So I appreciate here at about minute 40 or something where Mal says, isn't this a lot of effort to go to? And the response is, yeah, but I enjoy it, basically. Yeah, the, 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 pay, the, the, the doing it wasn't the payoff or something, wasn't it? You're assuming the payoff is the point Getting or something like that. Yeah. So basically, she's doing it just for the thrill of it. So you can see the way she was gyrating there. She's obviously using, trying to use some uh, Guardians of the Galaxy S pelvic sorcery. <laughs> but that'd be another film that you've not seen, isn't it, Nathan? Well, would you be interested in hearing a film I haven't seen? Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I understand it's about owls. Oh, it's, that's a on the list. <laughs> no, that would be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or oh, in fact, maybe the film is the, the Guardians of the that'd Galaxy. Be, 
Rise of the Guardians. Oh, that's the one. Wasn't it? And we see St. Mal do something very unchivalrous towards the end of it. What, pistol whip someone? Yeah. <laughs> that that might have been a bit dark even for Mal, but, you know, she's slippery. And then we get Mal and Inara for a roundup. Mal tells Inara that she's a very graceful woman. She gets a nice big smile from Inara. She's very appreciative. This has This is my favourite line in the entire episode, though. Yeah, how close they get, and you didn't just trip, did you? And he could tell in her eyes, and she says, "No, wait for it." There we go. I knew you let her kiss you. And all the right there is, oh, Mal. If ever there was a point that they would have kissed, Anara could have gone for that moment. Yeah, but Mal got in there first and and ruined the moment. <laughs> Mal got in there completely misread <laughs> and just missed out. Love it. The fact that he wanders off with his hands in his back pocket whistling <laughs> and like he's won. <laughs> I I don't think I don't think Mal really does anything wrong. I don't think he makes a false step in this episode. But he does apparently have some weird thing where he's unable to perceive Inara at certain critical junctures. <laughs> Yeah, he's really bad at reading Anara. Hmm. That's definitely my favourite episode so far. We've we've got a winner so far, Jesus. <laughs> I thought you'd stop picking a winner. No, I won't rank them. <laughs> this is number one, the rest are number now, two. Now the question is, are we actually going to have some form of consensus on this? Because I think we all like this episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, like I say, when I was... When we saw that this was the next episode, I thought... Maybe I'll watch this one later because all I could remember was the really awkward conversations about to what extent do you trust Saffron's wishes given that she's basically brainwashed. I mean, you know, Saffron as she's presented in the first half. Yeah. And uh, it makes me feel a bit queasy. But then when you actually watch it, oh, there's quite a lot of action and the one-liners are good. Characters show their true characters or make characters show their true characters. Characters show their true nature, or they make mistakes and then scramble to cover them. There's just lots of stuff happening that's good. And of course, it's not actually that weird yeah. sexual slavery system going on that's maybe a lie, or maybe it's just uh, it's in the background anyway. Yeah, I mean, it could have the, the whole thing from her point could have been entirely made up bullshit. Mal doesn't know. All they know is that she carried out they they performed the correct marriage ceremony for the, the the planet that they're on. Now they know nothing about what else goes on in that that town, village, whatever that settlement. They just haven't got the information to know whether or not you no know, she really did grow up in this maiden house or or indeed whether really maiden houses do... are a thing. Yeah, <laughs> are they really just selling their women off for trade? No, it's a very good episode. It's for one that's set entirely on the ship. It's a very, like I say, it's a very good character building episode. It does a lot to build on Mal, who, although he's been central to most of the stories, hasn't really fleshed out much of uh, the periphery of his personality. It's been quite the core before. This has really fleshed him out, made him a much deeper character. Yeah, uh, I think that's important going forward for pretty much the rest of the series. I think. I think that. Memory serves there are quite there are quite a few deep episodes to come. 
I was just going to say that I think the same is true for Zoe, actually. We've previously said that in episodes up till now, she's kind of just been the loyal lieutenant. So I like that in this episode, she sees an opportunity to embarrass Mal, thinks it's funny, realises that was a mistake, takes it out on Wash. When he's in danger, comes around and repents of her mistakes. There's quite an arc going on in the background, which is completely tangential to the actual events of the episode. It's quite subtle. It's not, not immediately obvious that that's going on. I think unless, like me, you had written down earlier in the week, does Zoe have opinions? Turns out, yes, she does. <laughs> Which is necessary for later episodes where she's going to be a character that you need to care about. But The, the, the Zoe and Wash um, relationship had never really been explored, had it? No, they'd had a few interactions that had been kind of minor. Well, there was a little bit where Wash is talking about it when they're on the Alliance cruiser being questioned. Yeah, and that, that gave you a flavour of how different they both were and how their relationship was and i suppose it was it the uh it was the train job wasn't it when uh was it the train no it was the shindig when they, they were in bed together and they had the moment yes that was, shindig. It was the, the, role reversal. The, the gender role reversal yeah so there have been brief glimpses but this one really put some meat onto their relationship some meat to go with their potatoes yeah <laughs> bow chicka bow bow all right, any more for any more on this, or shall I just uh, cast ahead? I, I I think we're good. Yeah, what is the next episode? I actually don't have the list in front of me. So the next episode is Janestown. Yeah, that's it, Janestown. Oh. When the Serenity crew travels to a planet to strike a smuggling deal, Jane discovers that the populace worships him as a hero. If this doesn't raise Jane, I don't know, it might not in Nathan's <laughs> eyes. But it's going to take a lot. It is, it is a favourite Jane episode. It is fantastic. It's another brilliantly written episode. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see some more of Jane. Yeah, he has been a bit of a bit character. He's been kind of a buffoon up to now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. it'd be good for him to have a, a serious story. Yeah, so until next time then. Yes, to bed and the time accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> see you all next week. Yep, see you then. Bye, internet. Bye-bye, internet. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding.